Hello, my name is Wang Yan, and I'm a reporter with News China. With our weekly News China podcast, we aim to give insight into the trends and happenings in modern China through a historical lens. Today, we discuss how unfettered imperial seigniorage broke economies and even dynasties in ancient China. Inflation is a big concern for consumers and policymakers in major economies today. In the U.S., the consumer price index rose by 6.8% in 2021, the highest in nearly 40 years. In China, although the consumer price index, an indicator of inflation, only saw a mild increase of 0.9% in 2021, the producer price index rose by 8.1%. This rising cost of manufacturers may get passed on to end consumers in the future. The loss of wealth due to inflation is not new. There are several causes of inflation, mainly including the imbalance between supply and demand and excessive money supply by the government. This time, both are causing inflation in the U.S. The disruption in the global supply chain pushed up international commodity prices. While the fast quantitative easing since the 2008 global financial crisis pumped a lot of liquidity into the market, the latter is rooted in the U.S. government's signage revenues or profits the government makes from issuing currency. Economic theory regards this as inflation tax, where the holders of currency see the value of its decline as the government prints more money. Many cases of severe inflation tax could be found throughout Chinese history. In the 14 years of the short-lived Xing dynasty from 9 to 23 AD, its founder and only emperor Wang Mang carried out four currency reforms before and after he usurped the throne from aunt Wang Zhengjun, the empress of the Western Han. He first introduced new copper coins to replace the ones used for 110 years, called wuzhu or five zhu, an old imperial unit of weight. The wuzhu weighed around 4 grams, although the new coin weighed about 2.4 times its predecessor. The official exchange rate was set at 1 to 50. That is, one new corn was worth 50 wuzhu. He later ordered to mint two more new corns with much larger face values, 500 and 5,000. In addition, the new corn system was very complicated, with many different categories and materials for each kind of corns issued. Hyperinflation followed, and the market fell into chaos. Many people resorted to minting and using wuzhu corns at their own legal risk. As recorded in the Book of Han, the historical records of the Western Han and the Xing dynasties, the reform bankrupted families, farmers and businesses, as well as threatened food supplies. In the end, Wang Mang lost the support. The Xing dynasty fell to rebellions led by farming-stricken farmers and opportunistic warlords. The new dynasty, the Eastern Han, restored the wuzhu corn and the economy stabilized once again. Wang Mang's ridiculous reform was not economically motivated. 
It was part of his ideal yet unrealistic plan to restore the order of the Western Zhou Dynasty, which ruled central China between the 11th and 8th centuries BCE. Confucius advocated for restoring the ideas and the values represented in the Rites of Zhou, a book that detailed the dynasty's bureaucracy and ceremonial rites. A champion of classical Confucianism, Wang Man wanted to realize that model for society. For example, tortoise shell and cloth were used to make the corns in Wang's reform, just because they had been used during the Western Zhou. Unlike Wang Man, in the mid 8th century, Tang Dynasty Emperor Su Zong used inflation for purely financial purposes. Weakened by the eight-year rebellion led by warlords An Lushan and Shi Siming, the dynasty desperately needed to fund its military. In his edict, Emperor Su Zong said the purpose of the reform was to enrich the assets of the mint and gain ten-time profit, that is, an inflation tax based in seniorage. In 758, on advice of senior official Di Wuqi, the emperor carried out a devaluation policy similar to Wang Mang. New corns with high nominal value were issued to replace the old one. The first new corn was officially worth 10 old corns, while its real value should be only around 1.5 times more. The second corn was officially worth 50 new old corns, while its real exchange rate should only have been 3. After Emperor Su Zong's currency reform, the prices of grain skyrocketed and people died from starvation. In the capital Changnan, more and more people minted their own corns. Even copper bells and statues were stolen from Buddhist temples to melt down for corns. Devaluations like these were the main causes of inflation in ancient China. But why did emperors keep using devaluation if it created more problems than it solved? In ancient China, Copper was the main material for minting. China was rich in metal, so there were no shortages to constrain government's creation of inflation. By contrast, in many other countries, rare gold and silver were used for corns, which put natural limitations on the government's minting activities. So why did China choose to mint with copper rather than gold or silver in the first place? A naturalistic view holds that China lacked gold and silver, but was rich in copper reserves. However, there is more to it. Though gold and silver production in Europe was limited, it did not affect the supply of gold or silver coins in the region. American financial historian Peter L. Bernstein writes in his book, The Power of Gold, The History of an Obsession. His finding demonstrates that limited gold and silver reserves do not necessarily cause corn shortages. In contrast, experts say that China was not short of gold or silver. Chinese economist Qian Jiaju and monetary historian Guo Yangang studied the records of the Western Han and Xin dynasties between 202 BCE and 23 BCE. In their book published in 2005, they concluded that gold and silver were not in short supply. Peng Xinwei, a renowned Chinese monetary historian, 
also calculated and compared the gold reserves of China during the Han Dynasty and the Roman Empire. In his book published in 1958, he noted that gold reserves kept by the Roman Empire were less than that of China during the Han. It was not the minting material, but minting activities that caused inflation in ancient China. Those ancient Chinese currencies were fiat money, a legal tender whose value is backed by the issuing government, not the material used to mint it. In ancient China, the core of the state was the supreme monarch. Guanzi, an ancient Chinese political and philosophical text from the 7th century BCE named after its author Guanzhong, indicated that coins shall be minted under the reign monarch. More importantly, it clearly defined the currency as a tool for the state to control properties, cover civil affairs, and thus govern the country. The book also specifies how to adjust the prices of various goods, mainly food, in a way quite similar to today's inflation and deflation through money supply. Guanzi explained the principle followed by the later dynasties. As we could see, imperial governments sought to solve their financial crisis by increasing money supply. Regarding ancient Chinese people's views on wealth, economic historian Liu Zhiwei at Sun University points out the key words were food and goods. This is why ancient Chinese historical records of economic affairs were often titled the record of food and commodities. In the food and commodities chapter in the Book of Han, wealth was defined as the natural endowments from heaven and earth, and the only issue was how to gain, possess, and distribute them. Emperors were supposed to hold the power of wealth distribution. This is different from modern concepts of market economics which refers to the creation of wealth through division of labor and allocation of resources. The idea underlines and is backed by the supreme imperial power and institutional arrangements that made the excessive inflation tax possible in ancient China. But in modern times, a fiat currency is often a credit money built on the credit of the issuing government. The issuing government has the responsibility of keeping the stability of the money. Hyperinflation occurs when the issuing government was not able to or not willing to stabilize the money. This is the real difference between Asian Chinese copper coins and fiat money, whether in gold, silver, or paper. It's not about the materials used to mint the money, but the lack of faith in the legal tender. Today, inflation and the measures taken to deal with inflation by one economy can have big impact on other economies around the world. The Fed is expected to raise interest rates more than once in 2022 to control inflation. If the Fed does so, it will attract more global capital flow to the U.S. This will make it difficult for other economies, including China, to further relax their monetary policies to boost growth. That is end of our podcast. Thank you to our writer Zhang Yue, editor and translator Li Jia, and copy editor JT. We hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. See you next week.